The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hello, Chadville. Hey, look at that, friends. We got to uh, Friday together. And you know what? It's uh, 2 o'clock. Four more hours till two days, three days in paradise. Little early to be doing a countdown, but yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, 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 no. Fridays. glorious hours. Four hours till three days in paradise. It's a long weekend. Don't you love working the Friday afternoon of a long weekend? (laughs) Uh, I do, because I'm grateful to have a job. (laughs) Hey, listen. uh, (laughs) Do you need help rolling your eyes this way? Half asleep. We've got uh, a packed show for you today. A couple of guests coming up, but we've also, because it's Friday, we've got the big blue folder. And man, I don't know what we were doing all week, but it is really packed. I know. There's a whole bunch of stuff in With odd and unusual stories. And more odd and unusual stories for today as well. Yep. Uh, Saw you this morning. On Global. On Global. Uh, so let's back up a little bit. So I'm driving over to Global Television um, to do a 640 hit. <laughs> 640. And uh, listening to Bruce Bowie on 630 Ched and thought, well, while I'm up, uh, why don't I give Bruce a call and see if he can fit me in, which he did. And, and you know that little, uh, we don't do this, but uh, when Bruce has a guest, or maybe it was just me, I don't know, because I work with him, he chit-chats with you off air. Um before you go on air. Yeah. And while chit-chatting off air, he dropped uh, the bomb on me. Did you know today is Bruce Bowie's seventh year anniversary? On Chad. On Chad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's been like his 47th yeah, yeah. year no, anniversary he's been around forever. Radio. Yes. Uh, quite a career. But, yeah, seven years since he took over from uh, Whitey. So uh, good on him, which means, because uh, I actually joined the station two weeks after him, means I must be coming up on my seven years here. Isn't that weird? The first two were different but seven years seven years of can just kind of uh freelancing let's put it that way yeah 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 seven years from the time that i spoke into a mic here really because it's gonna be nine years for me in september in this building yeah i did two years uh, part-time that's it and i was downstairs for the first few that's right yep Okay. Time flies when you're having fun, Andrew Gross. And uh, when you're working at Jed. So that's, congratulations is all I wanted to say to Bruce Bowie. Mm-hmm. Seven years, that's uh, fabulous. And as you say, over 40 years in radio altogether. Went to a Symphony Under the Sky <laughs> last night. What? I know you tweeted about it like I'm some kind of unwashed... Well, no, you tweeted about it, and then I'm like, who are you? What have you done with my Andrew? (laughs) It was great. Now, I interviewed Bob Bernhardt, the conductor, when you weren't here, and Mm -hmm. I've done it before, and uh, promoted this, and he had invited me to come out, so Carol and I took it in last night. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fancy. Yeah, I've always always wanted to do that, because I do love classical music. Um, Well, this was not. It was not King Cole Night. Oh, see, that would be beautiful as well. Yeah, with with a vocalist, so every, it it was not just music. It was wonderful, and I actually met Bob, made a point of introducing myself, and then I had a really awkward conversation with him. Do you remember we spoke this past week about meeting, or the week before, I don't recall, you meet somebody and you're a little flustered because, mm-hmm. you know, they're well-known or whatever. Mm-hmm. It felt like both of us were flustered with each other. It, it was just the most awkward, disconnected. It's kind of like a first date. A lot like that, <laughs> without the food. But it, uh, yeah, it was a lot like that. But, I mean, great to meet him. He knew who I was. I knew who he was. So it was it was good that way. I call I call him uh, Chattanooga Bob. Why? Because whenever he phones in for the interview, he's in Chattanooga. Oh. Yeah, that's where his regular gig is. He does the Chattanooga Symphony something. Hmm. Didn't really get into that because nobody's buying a ticket to that. No, and so um, Symphony in the Sky going all weekend. 
Yeah, there's four different shows. So uh, went what last night, uh, tonight. Uh, I don't know, probably through till Sunday, I guess. But yeah, and each one different. So what did you wear? Well, that's the thing. I, I didn't know what to wear, but it turns out it's not as uh, highfalutin as you would suspect. Some of the seats are on, on grass, so naturally nobody in a tuxedo is laying on the grass. So, yeah, everyone's just in jeans and shirts and just regular attire. Nice. Yeah, it was really nice, which is a great way to enjoy music. It's For me, it's the worst part of going to something is feeling like I have to dress up to go there, and then I, I can't enjoy myself. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah, definitely you, did not do yeah, that. Yeah, you don't like being in a suit very much. I do not, no. honestly. I can't wait to get it off, in fact. I'm the first guy to undo my tie at the Christmas party and lose the jacket. And Yeah, I just don't like suits. No. I mean, you write a big enough check, I'll wear a tux. I don't really care, but I'm not going to do it happily. Uh, not happily. <laughs> okay. Um, it is Friday. It is Friday of the long weekend. What are you up to this long weekend? Curious? Let us know at 6.30, 6.30. Not much going on at the ranch. Just uh, chilling, really. Chilling, a lot of chilling. I'm going down to meet Wyeth. Oh, you are. Yes, on good. Sunday we're going to go down to Calgary and meet this my newest grandson. grandson. Yep, so that that should be good. Good. Yeah, Drive looking safely. forward to it. Well, I will. I think the whole fam's going, so we'll pile into the Jeep and head on down. Mm-hmm. And not throw cigarette butts out the window, eh? Okay, just quickly. What about that? You're an idiot. For what? Not you, the guy. Oh. The guy's an idiot. So this guy in BC, right, BC, mm-hmm. threw a cigarette butt out the window, was uh, caught, received a ticket for $560, mm-hmm. and he's losing his mind over it, calling it insane. Says it's insane. I'm yeah. like, it's insanely right. Well, There's forest fires burning all over the exactly. place. Exactly. Uh, specifically, I mean, particularly, I should say, at a time when Ugh. the province is having the biggest forest fire in its history, and you're throwing lit cigarette butts out the window. I can see where uh, a Mountie would have witnessed that and said, whatever the maximum fine is, let's give it to him. Or there's no break on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, 575? No, sir, 575, yeah. 575, yeah. Drop, release, or uh, mishandled burning substance. Yeah, hey, get yeah. it. Straight out the window of his car. I think because people don't... Don't do that. No, of course not. People don't connect um, a major forest fire with its cause. Because you assume, that, what, that how, how do you think a forest fire starts? It starts with an ember. That's how it starts. It could start with a spark, a, a cigarette bud, a lightning strike. It starts with the most, the smallest mm-hmm. of, 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 of things, right? And then it spreads to what it is now. So, uh, yeah, no, I have no sympathy for him, to be honest None with you. None whatsoever. Yeah. And given, as you said, given the circumstance of mm-hmm. what the province is in right now, yeah. I'm surprised, you know, I would have been fine with even more. It's funny to I read hope the article. Never do it again. Yeah, it's funny to read the article because you know, in his uh, disdain for the fine, that what he's trying to do is rally some sort of public support mm-hmm. around him. Uh, so, you know, others will think uh, how insane that is, but um, no, nope, I think it's, I think it's the right fine. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if it was me, not that I throw cigarette butts out the window, but if it was me at a time when I, you know, half the province is on fire, I would keep. I would pay that right away and, and keep quiet. Up, because yeah. I wouldn't want people to know that I did something so idiotic. Exactly. It is uh, 2.13 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. We'll take a, a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to dial up Poland. See if anyone... I know someone is awake in Poland. He's been emailing <laughs> me. So we're going to talk to Thomas Lukaszek, a, a wonderful little ceremony taking place in a, in a cemetery in Krakow, Poland today, honoring Canadian soldiers. We'll talk with him. All that and more on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. 
Sometimes uh, dialing Poland is a little bit more difficult than you think. So we'll get uh, Thomas uh, when we can. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, good news today, I suppose. Uh, the Fort McMurray wildfire finally being declared uh, extinguished. Officially out. Uh, you know, I saw it on Twitter. Now, I I think they actually determined that it was officially out on August mm-hmm. 2nd. That's so right. uh, this press release, though, just coming out uh, in the last uh, day. But when I first saw it on Twitter, I thought, oh, that must be one of those uh, memory things, right? And no, in fact, well, officially <laughs> extinguished August 2nd of this year. You'll remember that um, when everything was going on and all of the, the specialists and the experts said fires this size, this magnitude go underground, it can mm-hmm. burn for a long, long, long time. And they were expecting it to burn right through the winter underground. Which it did. And which it did. And uh, then they kept watching, kept watching with uh, special equipment, you know, infrared, heat sensing stuff. And finally, we're able to say no. It's done. In the end, the fire estimated to have caused $3.8 billion in insured damage. Wow. No wonder they called it the beast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Haven't been up there. Would love to get up there and uh, and see. No, you know what? I don't believe I've been up there since that happened uh, either. I'd be curious to see where they're at with it. We talk about this all the time when it comes to disasters, that once the immediate danger is over... Um, you know, the your thoughts turn to the next thing, the next uh, big headliner news item. But it takes years, and, and certainly Fort McMurray is, uh, you know, while they've been uh, fabulous in their rebuilding efforts uh, from all reports, there's certainly a long way from restoring the city to what it was prior to the fire. And they will be for many years, as will Houston, mm-hmm. as is Calgary. I mean, it just... These things don't get repaired overnight. It's always great news when you hear the, you know, the rain is stopping or the fire is slowing down or the, you know, whatever. But that's not the end of it. That's just the end of it being a headline. Well, that's it. It's 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 the end of it being a lead on every mm-hmm. newscast for uh, the next little while. And uh, as we know, and as the folks in Fort McMurray knows, the folks in Calgary know, even, you know, when you think, what was it, 2004, 2008, we had that huge, they called it uh, the storm of the century, a one in 100 mm-hmm. uh, rainstorm, the flooding that happened, the flooding that happened here. We know that it continues on for a long time. The damages, the cleanup, the insurance claims, all of that. And if you've been through it, you know how, you know, challenging, how taxing that can be. <laughs> for it's a sure. long old road at some times. Yeah, I apologize for laughing, uh, not laughing at people's situation or their attempt to uh, regain their lives. I'm laughing because I'm going through all these stories that we have saved up <laughs> and some of them are just so bizarre and I, I don't want to pick one that's going to lead into a, a great conversation and then we'll hook up with Thomas, with Thomas. And, and and the wheels will fall off uh, not because it's Thomas but because we'll have to take a break from the conversation but uh, how about this one and I'm not surprised to see this happen when the eclipse was uh, planned coming when it was planned planned yeah, <laughs> what, it, what people do about this eclipse <laughs> when it happened <laughs> when it happened well leading up to it as we all knew that there was going to be this total eclipse, so many people were trying to find glasses. And there was a shortage. They right. ran out all over the place. Who knew, I guess, there'd be that kind of demand for this kind of uh, event, but of course there was. And I saw the glasses that are at the heart of this next story on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But in looking at them, what they appeared to be to me um, was those kind of glasses that they hand you at a theater for a 3D, like 3D movie. Mo- yeah. Yeah, or, or, you know, like one side's red, one side's blue, like that kind of thing, right? Where you're like, 
those can't possibly be. But as you read the description, um, they they don't say anywhere that they're novelty items or anything like that. They they're billed as actual eclipse glasses. But but turns out that they're fakes, and Amazon learned of the uh, deception and warned people on the site. Um, that, listen, these are not suitable to be worn for a total eclipse. Now, the problem is, and this will come out in court, and I'll tell you why in just a moment, but the problem is as to how they warned everybody. Did they specifically warn them? Did they go through the list of who all bought these glasses and, uh, you know, emailed each of them individually, or did they put a warning up on their site? Or, you know, when they removed the item, did they then replace it with a, you know, so how did they notify the customers? Because what's happened is a couple from South Carolina used the glasses, stared at the eclipse. Yeah, guess what? Yeah, they say now that they've, uh, they've, got some serious uh, eye problems, issues. eye issues. Um, just trying to find where they describe. Uh, both plaintiffs began to experience pain and discomfort, headaches, eye-watering, other symptoms. Uh, both plaintiffs uh, began to see dark spots in their line of vision, suffered vision impairment, including blurriness, a central blind spot, increased sensitivity, changes in perception of color, and distorted vision, and they're launching a class action suit. Because gosh knows how many other people bought these bought glasses. Bought these glasses and wore them. And, the, and so how it works uh, in the States, actually in Canada too, so they have to put the class action suit before a judge. If the judge says that it's... Uh, valid lawsuit, then others join it. That's why it's class action. Yeah. So this could cost Amazon and the manufacturers of those glasses a lot of money. Let's do this. Take a listen. was the sound of Polish school children singing O Canada today at a special ceremony honoring fallen Canadian soldiers buried at a cemetery in Krakow, Poland. It was all part it was all part of a No Stone Left Alone, which began in Edmonton in 2011. It sees school children lay poppies on the headstones of Canadian soldiers on Remembrance Day. Former Deputy Premier Thomas Lukaszek helped organize the Polish ceremony and he joins us now. Hi, Thomas. Uh, hello, Jalen, and with me today is Mr. Randall. Hi, Randall Purvis, one of the uh, other men, uh, well, one of the men started, him and his wife, Ma uh, uh, his wife Maureen helped uh, start uh, the No Stone Left Alone campaign in Edmonton in 2011. Uh, Thomas and Randall, what went through your mind when you heard those kids singing O Canada today? Yeah, you know, you hear O Canada. Oh, Thomas, you're breaking up. You hear O Canada, and no matter where you hear it, it's dirty. But when you hear it sang by children from a different country singing it for Canadian soldiers, uh, it becomes really emotional. Randall, can you explain uh, what it was like to see what happened today at that cemetery? Can you explain to our listeners what exactly did happen? Well, today was special. First of all, it's the first time we've honored Canadian and Allied Forces uh, uh, soldiers uh, across the water, and first time in Europe. Uh, today we had a, this amazing cemetery in Krakow, uh, 483 Allied soldiers from Poland, from New Zealand, from the United States, from Great Britain, from India, a 
beautiful cemetery, extremely well maintained. So we had 100 uh, soldiers from the 6th Airborne Division. We had 100 students, and uh, it was a well-run ceremony. Uh, We did uh, Flanders Field in English, Polish Anthem in Polish. Uh, Mayor of Krakow came to see us today eloquently. Uh, you guys are breaking up a little bit again, so put your head at whatever <laughs> angle it was at uh, at the beginning of that. Um, and while you do that, let me ask you this, uh, Randall. You, uh, can you tell us and our listeners how many soldiers are buried in this, how many Canadian soldiers are buried in this uh, Polish cemetery, and, and anything you can tell us about them, how they they came to be there? Well, I'll tell you the number, but Thomas is a little more um, educated on what they were doing there. Can you hear us now? Yes. That's better, yeah. Okay, well, we're standing up here. We'll do our level best to make it clear to you. So there was 15 Canadian soldiers in this special cemetery, and they came from all over Poland, and there's several different adventures and misadventures that caused them to be there. I'm just a little more educated about what, how they got there. Uh, Jalen, and, uh, and the, in uh, 1945, as we all know, there was a Warsaw uprising, and the Canadian pilots were flying in from a base. Can you hear us? Yep. Yep. The Canadian pilots were flying in from a northern base in Italy, flying over Warsaw and dropping uh, ammunition, arms, and supplies to support uh, the Warsaw Uprising. And unfortunately, a number of them got shut down, uh, and uh, and they ended up being buried at this uh, cemetery uh, here in Krakow. Thomas Lukaszek and Randall Purvis joining us on the phone this afternoon from Poland, eight hours ahead there. So we certainly appreciate you taking the time uh, for joining us uh, late in the evening. Randall, you've been, and, and your wife have been, you know, this was this was your baby. No Stone Left Alone was, was your baby. It started in 2011, uh, started here in Edmonton and saw poppies being laid uh, on the headstones of the, the buried soldiers at Beachmont Cemetery. It has spread across the country uh, since then. Uh, this is the first international uh, event. Are we going to see more of these? Well, we have a very clear understanding of what we do in, in, uh, in Poland for, for sure. First of all, we don't want to abandon what we do in Canada. This year, we already already have 32 cemeteries engaged and 32 schools that want to get involved. But in Poland, we're very clear. In it's uh, there's five cemeteries that are uh, Commonwealth uh, grades or work, worker uh, commission cemeteries where Canadian and others are buried. That's our first focus. We want to do them extremely well, and we don't just want to do it one year. We want to make it a legacy so that we continue to do this for decades. So we think we have wonderful roots here in Poland. And I think the next countries that fall into uh, uh, the No Stone Left Alone growth ex- and expansion will have to come naturally, like they all have. We're mm-hmm. going to go slow, do a great job here in Poland, which I know we will, and then we'll see what happens. We have lots of opportunities. We've had calls from South Africa. We've had calls from Alaska, calls from Belgium this week, calls from Germany. So but we want to do Poland first really, really well. And is there anything our listeners can do to get involved or to help with your efforts? You know what, most definitely. Uh, this, uh, as you know, uh, Ms. Maureen Purvis, Purvis and, Rand- and uh, Randall have worked uh, tirelessly and, and they have contributed a lot of their own personal resources into this. Uh, it takes a lot of effort to organize these events and at the end of the day, uh, we have to make sure that these Canadian soldiers that never got repatriated uh, are remembered and have the proper Canada and a poppy uh, ceremony at least once a year. So 
what we really need is that uh, we need the volunteer manpower. There's no doubt about it. But but also, uh, you know, let's not forget this costs money. Um, uh, we're buying poppies. Uh, we're we're teaching students. Uh, we're sending them curricular materials. Um, so if 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 there are any Canadians who feel that this is uh, uh, an effort that they can stand behind, we will very gladly accept their donation. Uh, the website is nostoneleftalone.ca. You can find out more information there on uh, the campaign, how it works and how you can help. Thomas and Randall, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Uh, tip of the hat to you, uh, to you, Thomas and Maureen and Randall for the work that you've done on this. It's uh, very impressive. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. And uh, by the way, you can watch more coverage tonight on Global News at 5 and 6. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.